Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson, and I want to thank you for joining us on Locked On Coyotes, your team every day. Starting week two of the NHL uh, channel on Locked On Coyotes, and we're excited to have you in for Locked On Coyotes. This is episode six, and a special guest, a man who will be with me on this podcast every so often. It's Andrew Bell. Uh, he provides hockey coverage for Sports 360 AZ, uh, and uh, glad to have him in. He'll be the co-host uh, for a couple days each week, so he used to have him on the pod. Uh, Andrew, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well, Seth, and thanks so much for having me. Like I said, I'm looking forward to being on the podcast, and like I said, mentioned my uh, hockey coverage of Sports 360 AZ, covering the Coyotes, Arizona State hockey, just kind of the local hockey scene in Arizona. I'm glad to have me. It should be um, what looks like an exciting year for the Coyotes in the desert, although it's off to a little bit of a rough start, and especially uh, with a, a problem that persisted last year, and that's uh, kind of the inability to put the puck in the net and, and uh, hinder the Coyotes once more. It's kind of those old demons popping up on Saturday in the home opener against Boston. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you're at a point where there's nothing else that can fix it other than scoring, right? I mean, they've outplayed the Ducks and the Bruins. Um, they held the Bruins down pretty well. Darcy Kemper phenomenal again as well it's encouraging because you're seeing these scores one nothing and two one and outplaying the other teams but it's frustrating because you're you wonder if you're in for another 80 games of of this right you wonder if is this the way it's going to be i don't think it is i don't think it's going to be this bad i think it'll eventually change i think part of the reason is they've played some pretty good goaltenders yaroslav halak played well last year i mean you and i talked about it before last season had started, we had kind of pondered whether he was going to take over the job for Tuka Rask. Now, Rask had a phenomenal season, so that didn't happen. But you got to think, I mean, Yaroslav Halak could be a starter on half the teams in the NHL, especially the ones at the bottom. But uh, I think part of it is that they ran into some hot goaltenders. Uh, not going to get any easy easier on Thursday when they play Marc-Andre Fleury. But I think once they – all it takes, I think, is a game that they, they break out offensively, right? There's – Again, there's not much more they can do. They're driving the net. They're taking point shots. They're getting deflections. They're getting screens. They're getting breakaway opportunities, opportunities in the slot. It's all about finishing them. And I think at some point it will happen, but hopefully it doesn't uh, drag on too long. The last two years under Rick Tockett, they haven't started out very well. They went on that losing streak in his first year, and last year didn't jump out to the greatest of starts as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think the the start last year that they had, obviously they missed by four points, but you can go back into a season and say, hey, these are the points where there could have been an extra two points put on, and you don't you don't want that to happen again this year. You don't want to be looking at the schedule in the early part of the season and say, wow, our first two games we had a chance to pick up four points and we couldn't just because we couldn't score. So again, I don't think this is a problem that's going to persist on for too much longer, but it's got to change soon. Yeah, and I think if you're, you know, you're a Coyotes fan, um, you just kind of keep on hammering to the point that when is the team going to break through? When are they going to score a goal? And like I said, I think it's going to come. Um, I think you know some other guys who uh, maybe scraping off a little bit of rust who are going to provide offense and who's maybe one of the best goal scorers on the team last year before he got injured. You know those injury problems persisted with the Coyotes last year too. But Nick Schmaltz, I thought he looked a little rusty in the uh, Anaheim game. That's to be expected, but I think he's going to be a big help. Um, and one thing I think that the Coyotes, um, you know, need to keep on doing. And it sounds simple, it sounds cliche, but I'm um, just getting guys in front 
front of the goaltender. You're playing these really good big goalies like John Gibson, um, like Yaroslav Halak. You're going to have another one with Marc-Andre Fleury coming up. Um, it's getting in his eyes. I know it's one thing to be in front of the net, which I think the Coyotes have done. You know, they've gotten some good looks at the goal. You mentioned those opportunities from the slot and from grade A areas, but um, getting guys in the eyes of the goaltender, I think that's one thing um, that's been kind of a challenge for him. You know, they've had some good looks, but you're not going to beat some of these top-notch goalies, especially when they're fresh early on in a season, um, just by kind of being in front of them. you got to be able to, you know, track the puck in, get in his eyes, block his vision in some way, shape, or form. So um, I think the goal scoring is going to come. I think that first line looks really good. Clayton Keller, Derek Stepan, and Clayton, or, uh, um, Phil Kessel as well. Um, you know, and I think there's more depth this year, which is going to help a lot. You know, Brad Richardson at points last year when the team was really banged up was on the second line. I mean, he's, he gets a slot back down the fourth line this year, which I think um, this is no disrespect to Brad Richardson, but I think it's you know a more natural spot for him, and I think it just provides that more depth for the team. But um, you can't say enough about Darcy Kemper as well on the back end. He's just giving his team an opportunity every time he plays, and I think you're going to see the benefits of him. Um, probably not facing as many shots as he did last year. There's times last year he was getting pelted, you know, and he played to the best of his ability, but I think he's going to be even more fresh as this season wears on um, because, you know, he has a better defense core in front of him, um, and he has a healthy defense core more than anything. I think that's a big thing. Um, and then, you know, I think he's done enough to earn the number one job um, in place of Antti Ranto whenever he gets back from the AHL and kind of from the injuries that have littered and kind of hindered him throughout his whole time in Arizona, um, you know. But uh, as for the offense, like I said, I think it's all about that net front presence first and foremost. You know, you got guys like Clayton Keller, um, you know, Phil Kessel who can dish the puck out, make some plays, and set up some good opportunities. But um, getting to the net and then, you know, any juicy rebounds you got to be there for. Um, but like I said, they face some really good goaltenders to start the year. It's all about getting you know in their eyes um, and then getting some good looks getting some good puck movement which I think they've generated in the first couple of games I don't think um, that's been a problem but like I said getting in the vision of the goaltender um, and like I said I don't think it'll be a problem that happens throughout the year but if you're a Coyotes fan right now you're kind of just wondering when is this you know damn kind of bust gonna bust open um, they're still waiting for it so uh, we'll see what occurs throughout the rest of the season it's not gonna get any easier with Marc-Andre Fleury coming to town and then uh, Vegas offense that it's been firing on all cylinders start the year. So much uh, speed and skill with that unit, really three lines, four lines on their team that um, can provide a lot of offense. I think you're right about the defending part. It, and again, as you had mentioned, it really wasn't the fact that they didn't have the talent back there last year. It was the fact they were so injured last year that they didn't have the full unit. And under Rick Tockett, this is the first time they're really healthy entering a season. When they had started in 2017, 2018, they had Ronta who was out, um, step on early on in that season and miss some games as well. So it's really good and encouraging to see that a lot of guys are healthy. Everybody's healthy except for Ronta, but uh, Ronta did end up getting called back up from Tucson after his 19 save shutout. So even he's back. So they're back to full health. And it's like you said, I think uh, the dam is going to bust at some point when it does, it's going to be huge. Uh, Vegas is going to be a tough test, but that might be the game you want to really do it. A, a team that is hoping to be the best in the Western Conference. I think at the moment they are. I haven't seen another team in the West that's been much better than them, but they've also played the same opponent twice. Uh, so that's that's a little bit of a different story for Vegas, and we'll see how they play against other teams, especially a team that plays defense so well like the Coyotes do. I mean, they uh, held both the Bruins and the Ducks to under 30 shots So, um, while putting up 30-plus shots of their own. And so that's uh, that's been really good. 
for the Coyotes uh, defensively, but um, their offensive woes uh, continue, unfortunately. And uh, I think I feel like Thursday could be the night that they break out um, from their offensive struggles. But uh, while the Coyotes try to break out of their offensive struggles, uh, you can break out of uh, your male health struggles as well. And you know, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off, blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, I'm just not feeling it. And, uh, you know, it's tough. You don't want to have to say those things to the one you love, but uh, you don't have to anymore because uh, with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all the comfort, all from the comfort of your privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. That's the most important part. Not gonna tell anybody, we're not gonna tell your neighbor, we're not gonna tell your wife. It's all about keeping your privacy safe and making sure uh, you have the privacy you deserve. Um, and getting started is just that simple. Just go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor to take care of all of the needs surrounding erectile dysfunction. So uh, again, Roman will help you with your erectile dysfunction. And don't forget, if you go to GetRoman.com slash locked, you can get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free visit to get started. So as uh, we stay locked on here with the Coyotes, um, we'll head into the situation regarding Barrett Hayden. And for the fifth overall pick in 2018, Hayton uh, made the roster. He stayed up. Now, he did that last season. He stayed up for a couple extra games, almost a day-in-the-life type thing where got to see what it took to prepare for an NHL game and be in NHL practices, things of that, and he was sent back. Obviously, this stay so far is a little bit longer. He's been up for a couple weeks now, and it seems like it's not going to end anytime soon. There doesn't have the feeling that he's going to get sent back uh, to juniors just like uh, Dylan Strom was. At, there was a lot, when Strom was here, you could kind of sense that the team wanted to send him back pretty quickly. Doesn't feel that way right now with Hayton, but he hasn't gotten into the lineup yet in the first two games. Obviously, there's 80 more to go, but kind of tough for the Coyotes. We've talked about it on this podcast a lot, but they used to not have a lot of depth at forward, and now all of a sudden they have almost a little too much depth to where one of their uh, top picks is sitting. But obviously, there's something that Coach Tockett hasn't seen out of Hayden yet that's made Tockett want to get him into the lineup. So, Andrew, from what you've seen, you get to be around the team a little bit as well. For Hayden, what do you think that he still needs to do in order to prove that he can be in the lineup every day? I think uh, when you talk about getting in the lineup every day, it's one thing to kind of showcase this speed, skill, strength. I think Barrett Hayden, we saw him at the you know the prospect game and the prospect camp. 
um, in June, and he looked NHL ready back then. He looked like you know he's ready to make that step. So I'm not always surprised he made the roster. I think it's all a matter now. Like I said, you've seen that kind of um, what he's able to showcase, at least for you know the fans who have kept a close eye on him and kind of kept close tabs with him. He's a heck of a player coming out of juniors too. Um, but I think it's a matter of that consistency. You got to bring it every night in the National Hockey League. Um, and I think if he's able to kind of bring that every night to the table, um, then you'll probably see him in the lineup. I'm going to be interested to see. I, I don't think Vegas is necessarily the game for him to make the start. You never know. They might um, see something that they like or see a matchup that they like and put him out there. Um, but I don't think Vegas will be the game. I think they're going to try to ease him in there. They don't really want to make everything too fast for him. Uh, and I know I was asking as soon as I saw kind of the uh, goal scoring deficiency in kind of the opening night and then the Boston game as well, it's kind of trickling in the back of my mind is, you know, when are we going to see this kid? When are we going to see Barrett Hayden uh, step onto the ice? Because like I said, over the summer, he looked NHL ready. Um, he's very strong on the puck, very um, a very good two-way player as well. That was one thing I noticed as well. Has his head on a swivel a lot. And that's something you don't see a lot. You see some of these guys in juniors who have the ability to score the puck and, you know, scouts love that. But um, sometimes you don't see the full game come to fruition kind of and you know Barrett Hayden um, I think provides some of that a good two-way game and um, kind of a head on a swivel type of player a good guy in his own defensive zone as well who can back check and make some plays but um, you know I think the time as uh, Eric Carlson said last year when he, the uh, Ottawa when he's heading back to Ottawa the time is nigh you know you don't know when it will be for uh, Barrett Hayden but um, I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. I don't know if it's this homestand, um, but I do think it'll be sometime over the next week or so, um, maybe when the Coyotes get back out on the road. I think that would be maybe a good spot spot for him to step in there, but I think he's NHL ready. It's just a matter of providing that consistency, and you never know what the coaches are seeing you know, during practice, during the morning, uh, during morning skates, um, but I think um, you know he has an opportunity to make an impact pretty soon. And I'm, another thing I'm being interested see is where do they slot them? Who do they slot them next to on the lines? Um, do you put them with a veteran guy? Do you put them with, um, you know, guy like, uh, you know, Connor Garland on the on the fourth line? Or, you know, where do you kind of slot them in there? I think that's another thing that we uh, take for granted and kind of got to look into, but that's all time will tell so, somewhat. But like I said, from everything I've seen um, from him in the prospect camp um, and kind of from his junior film and kind of just what he's been able to do over the last season. You know, he had a really good year last year, too. Um, even when he wasn't with the Coyotes, I think he's NHL ready, and it's just a matter of time until Coyotes fans see him out on the ice. And I think another issue for Hayton is that he's a natural center. And when you look at this lineup, where does he fit in as a center? You got Stepan, you got Schmaltz, you got Soderberg, you got Richardson. You don't. For a guy like that, you want him to play the position he's played pretty much his whole life growing up. You also want to get him in the lineup. That's kind of where you're facing that dilemma now. Schmaltz, you could move him to wing. I think that if there was one guy you were going to move to wing, it could be him. And maybe try and find a way to split up that top line. Maybe try to spread the, the talent out a little bit there. Maybe move Schmaltz to the top line. Drop Keller. Uh, but I think that's a, some of the tough part is you just don't know where he's going to fit because you don't want to take anybody out of their out of their spots. And Christian Fisher and um, as well as Lawson Kraus, they're they're NHL forwards, right? I think they'd be on an NHL team on the roster on pretty much every any other NHL team. So it's hard. You have so many NHL level forwards in terms of it's 
it used to be you could look at the Coyotes and you could say, oh yeah, that guy would be scratched. You know, it's it's easy to pull that guy to the lineup. You look at this lineup now, it's a lot harder, especially when they're healthy. Like last year, there was a lot of guys. You know, I mean, no disrespect uh, to those guys who came in and and really contributed last year for the Coyotes, especially when there was injuries. But uh, I mean, a guy like uh, Kempe, you know, you could say, yeah, Hayden would easily take him out of the lineup. Now everybody's healthy, so it's hard to tell. And and I also forgot Christian Dvorak is a center. So you've got five centers to begin with, or uh, sorry, you have six centers to begin with. So in order to get him into the lineup, if you want him to play at center, you'd have to get rid of two. I don't think you want to take Richardson out of the lineup. He and Grabner are your best penalty killers. They played well together five on five. Maybe does he slot in on that line on the wing there? Uh, fourth line would make a little more would make sense as well. Maybe go in. Uh, but I also think you want Hayton to play with some of those top skill guys. I don't think you want to put him on a fourth line. Again, no disrespect to anybody on the fourth line. Those guys uh, work the hardest no matter how many minutes they get. They're usually your penalty killers. But you want him to play with some top-level talent because he is a top-level talent. And that's for the Coyotes where it's challenging. Now, obviously, knock on wood, you don't want anybody getting hurt uh, to force Hayton in the lineup. But you, you got to think, is he going to – you know, when is when is his time in the lineup? But it's also, it, it can be easy to say, oh, we'll just send him down. If he's not getting the reps, send him back. But how much more can he develop? I don't know how much more playing at the junior level where he's dominated already and he's been able to hold his own. He scored in a preseason game in, in Vancouver. So he's proven that not only can he hold his own, obviously preseason's a little bit of a different animal, but it was at the point where roster cuts were pretty much done. So he played against some NHL-level competition. So... Kind of in a weird spot for Hayton. Sending him to juniors isn't going to do him any good, but where are you going to put him in the lineup? So I think he's just kind of between a rock and a hard place right now. I'm sure he loves being in the NHL. That paycheck is probably pretty nice when he gets it every week and you know when he gets to practice with the team, but I think he also wants to get in the game. So we'll see how that plays out on Thursday for Barrett Hayton. And speaking of a... Coyotes draft picks. We're gonna go back a few drafts, and we're gonna talk about Jacob Chikrin, who it's kind of wild to say, but four years in the NHL now, almost uh, it's a couple years away from being considered an NHL veteran, and it sure doesn't feel that way because he hasn't been able to get into a lot of games due to injury. But last year he played in a lot more games than I think people expected. Showed up to training camp healthy, got through training camp healthy, has been playing so. Uh, but is this the year that he breaks out? I think everybody's been waiting for it. I think the injuries have not helped a lot because he hasn't been able to play that full season, but it seems like this is the year he needs to break out. I mean, I think he's I think he's solid, right? He's a guy that's in the lineup every night, hard to, to think about taking out. He did get taken out a couple a few times last year, uh, but he def he's definitely improved from that situation. For Chikrin, what does he need to do in order to not only keep his place in the lineup that I don't think he's necessarily in danger of doing losing at the moment, but prove that he is that top prospect. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but his draft year, a lot of people thought he was a consensus top five pick. I mean, there was a lot of people that thought he was the best defenseman in the draft. And, uh, you know, a lot of people gave the Coyotes a hard time for taking on the contract of Pavel Datsuk. And... Don Maloney got a, a lot of flack for what he did at the end of his tenure with the Coyotes, picking up contracts to meet the cap floor. 
I think a lot of that was based on ownership that they didn't want to pay the money to bring in guys so to get to the cap floor. They picked up that Pronger contract. Uh, they picked up the uh, ho or the uh, sorry the Datsuk contract. But in that contract, got Detroit's first round pick. Used that to pick Chikrin. So one of those moves that actually worked out. But for Chikrin, who at one point was considered the best defenseman in his draft class, maybe the number one overall pick, top five for sure, drops mid-round. Coyotes get him. I think he's got a lot of talent, and I think he's shown it a lot. But where does he finally start to solidify his spot in the NHL and maybe as the, the future next best defenseman? I mean, Oliver ekman larson has been in this league now for – uh, eight years. This is going to be his eighth season, and he's not getting any younger. So when does he, you know, Goligoski's a little bit older, Demers a little bit older, so they're going to need that guy to step up. Uh, Jarmelson a little bit older as well. When is he going to make that step, and what does he need to do to, to prove that? I think it all starts with health. First of all, you mentioned some of those injuries. Um, being able to play every night in the NHL, regardless um, if you're at your A game or not your A game, I think that's the biggest thing is just trying to stay healthy. Um, you know, as for what he needs to do, um, like I said, I think that's the biggest thing, and I think just getting stronger. I think there's times when you first saw him come up where um, he looked a little like a young player going up against some big NHL forwards who were coming in against him and maybe coughed up the puck a little bit too much, and that's why you might have saw him out of the lineup some nights last night, and you had guys like Ilya, Ilya Labushkin step in um, and some other guys who stepped in on the back line um, to pick things up for him but I think health is the biggest thing and I think this is really a make or break year for him um, kind of you know what does the organization want to do for him what's his plan obviously the plan is like you said to kind of fill the shoes of a guy like OEL who's been a staple of the franchise for you know the last decade really um, and so I think he the original plan was to compliment him um, along, OEL, along with OEL, you mentioned he's almost in his fifth year. Um, he's still developing along here, and it's kind of one of those, when has that development gone too far and all of a sudden it's time to turn the page? Um, I, you know, There's still a lot of hockey left to be played, but I think this is a really big year for him, um, just not only for him but for the rest of the organization as well and deciding what they want to do with their defense core because they are going to have that um, predicament kind of in a, in a few years, I'd say, between Goligoski, Jarmelson, Demers, guys who you mentioned that kind of aren't young guys, um, and they need young defensemen to kind of supplement the system, refurnish, um, you know, those guys who are maybe out of the picture in a few years. So, um, you know, they need guys like Chikrin in their first-round pick this year and Victor Soderstrom um, to kind of you know, pick up that slack, get the development curve going. They sent Soderstrom back to Sweden, and so I think Chikrin and the um, you know Soderstrom are going to have a big place in the future. Um, but you know they kind of want to see things speed along here. They want the process to speed up a little more. It's obviously it's different for Soderstrom. He's at a different point um, where Chikrin was a few years ago. But you mentioned him being one of those you know top possible top five draft picks. That's kind of what they saw him as, and they saw the potential. And it's kind of still in that development curve, and it's at that point where, um, you know, you can only go so long with a guy and kind of ride him and, um, you know, take him so far before, um, you know, you got to do something else and just part of the business. So um, for the sake of Coyotes fans and for the organization alike, it's, you know, the, or the goal, pardon me, um, is to have him playing at his top level this year. And I think um, if you don't see that kind of come in and, you know, over the next few months or so, and even later into the season, um, you know, you might see some things change. But uh, those two guys play a big part of the defense core in the future on the back end. And uh, we mentioned the defense playing 
you know, pretty well this year, especially with the depth that they've been able to bring in. I think Goligoski, Jarmelson have looked good. Um, you know, those guys, have, you know, their veteran presences, same with Jason Amers. Um, you have Osterley back there as well. So um, I think the defensemen are, you know, in a good place right now, but where are they going to be in a few years? That's a big thing. You want, that's where those two guys um, between Chikrin and Soderstrom kind of have a big place in the future of this organization, and uh, only time will tell. But like I said, I think this is a make-or-break year for kind of Jacob Chikrin and um, where the organization is looking to move him going forward. Yeah, I don't think it's a, in danger of, is he going to get sent down to the minors? Is he going to stay on the main roster in the lineup? I think if he's on your team, he's in the lineup no matter what. But if it's a guy that's playing third-pairing minutes for the talent level that he was supposed to have, a little disappointing. And I think he almost becomes one of those chips that's movable now. I think two, three years ago you said, no, Chikrin's not movable. There's no way. But now if he doesn't come out and, and perform and have a better season than he's had in the past, maybe he does become expendable. Yeah, and I, to your point, too, I, I agree with you in the point that I don't think – I don't think Tucson's necessarily an option anymore, and I think it's one of those things with the with the chips and kind of moving guys around. Um, you saw Kevin Connaughton move this offseason back on the blue line. That kind of opens up some space for some more guys. Um, guys like Ilya Lubushkin, kind of those third-pairing guys, um, it opens up more of a role for them because they had a little bit too many defensemen last year. Now I think they have just the right amount. Um, but, yeah, I don't really think Tucson's the option. I think you're going to see that over the course of these next five months or so um, kind of what he's – what he's made out of and I'm sure you know as a player you're not thinking about that stuff you're just in the moment um, but from a big picture standpoint uh, I imagine that's kind of where the Coyotes and the organization kind of has to be looking right now because um, I'm sure there's been some talks about you know he's year four now this is your fourth year at the professional level um, you know you're still waiting on some things and so um, you know it's a it's a big year for sure yeah and a big year for Chikrin big year for the Coyotes that continues on uh, Thursday night so still a couple more days away from that game and we'll have uh, coverage for you locked on coyotes as the days leading up to that tomorrow we'll be back with you try to get uh, uh talk about the vegas game a little bit more they had a, a good start to their week the knights have uh, talk auntie ronta a little bit see what his situation is going to be like um, the coyotes don't didn't play and don't play until thursday so a lot of time to kind of mull what Ronta's role is going to be. I think it's going to be a backup role, but we'll jump into that tomorrow. Uh, but some more big news before we leave. This podcast, now officially on Apple, got that news this weekend. So you can follow us on Apple Podcasts on Locked on Coyotes and uh, find us wherever you like your podcast Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever it may be. We'd love to join you. Uh, be in your car, be in your home as we continue to keep you locked on Coyotes, your team every day so again the everyday part we'll be back tomorrow with more locked on coyotes andrew thank you for joining me yeah thank you for having me seth and like i said i'll be i hope to be a regular on the show throughout the season kind of just getting our camaraderie here getting the team chemistry going as the uh, as the boys like to say in the dressing room but uh no just yeah thank you for having me and uh yeah like i said i'll hopefully be on throughout the rest of the season providing Coyotes coverage for Sports 360 AZ and be a regular on the podcast. So um, it's a fun episode today, and I'm looking forward to the season. We'll see if the Coyotes are able to answer some of those questions that we talked about between kind of the big picture things and then the little things of just scoring goals in the hockey game. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot over the next couple of weeks, and um, it should be a fun season. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, let the people know, what is your Twitter so they can follow you? 
Oh, I've got to get the plug in for the Twitter there. Uh, it's at Andrew Bell Seven. Uh, it's capital A, capital B as well. Sorry, no, it's not the not the easiest handle in the world, but uh, yeah, if you're looking for that, um, like I said, provided a lot of hockey coverage not only for the Coyotes but uh, Arizona State hockey as well. I'm working for another site that I work for named House Sparky. Uh, it's an affiliate of SB Nation and Vox Media. So uh, you know. Providing coverage for them, covering Arizona State. I also do a lot of local stories just within kind of the community. Um, Junior Coyotes, Arizona China is kind of just the hockey scene here in the Valley, and it's a big one that continues to grow in Arizona. So, um, yeah, if you'd like to shoot me a follow, that is the Twitter handle, and um, feel free to reach out to us anything about anything for the show. But like I said, hope everyone who tuned in today enjoyed it, and, uh, yeah, like I said, it should be a fun hockey season here in the desert. Well, Andrew, uh, your Twitter handle is a lot easier to find than Saskelson96, which is what you can... That's on you, Seth. That's what you get for having a tough Twitter handle to follow. I mean, yeah. That is true, but that's why I spell it out for our fans every time we leave. My Twitter, S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. You want to follow the show's Twitter? Did he put that in a sentence? Kind of like the spelling bee? Uh, No, I can't. (laughs) Uh, I'll think of one for the show tomorrow. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, it is at LO underscore Coyotes. Once again, that's at LO underscore Coyotes. As Andrew Bell mentioned, you can reach out to him. You can reach out to us. We want to cover what you want to hear. So reach out to us on Twitter. We'd be love to talk to it. So once again, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.